Rebellious Studio presents the Mind Body Podcast with your host, Maria Angelova. Hello, Rebels. Welcome to your Rebellious Podcast, the Mind Body Podcast with me, your host, Maria, where it is all about a strong body, calm mind, healing, and fully living. It is my pleasure to have with me today my dear friend and colleague, Pamela. Hello, Pamela. Hi, Maria. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. Absolutely. It is. I'm so excited about this conversation because if we can manage to make it as 50% as exciting as the conversations we have, then we'll be really good. <laughs> Agreed. So Pamela and I, we met through networking actually, and mm-hmm. I really wanted to connect to Pamela because the first company that she used to have, Pamela, you have to tell us the name. Uh, the first, <laughs> all right. The first company <laughs> that I founded is called the Bitch and Vegan. Is no more actually because of that name. It kind of means some trouble online, and Facebook wouldn't let me advertise. Google gave me a hard time, and Instagram, and so I just changed the name. Um, I actually still do some of that business, but I founded a different company, which is I think what we're going to talk about today. Uh, not having to do with plant-based. So we'll get into that though. But yes, the bitch and vegan was my very first foray into (laughs) company names. And I, when I heard (laughs) that name, I was like, who is that woman? I love the name and I had to connect with her. And then when I met her and she said, this is my company name, I was like, oh, I was like, we have to do coffee. (laughs) And the rest is just history because I really believe that when you're rebellious and you have that spark inside you, you really attract like-minded people. So there yeah. is great. So Pamela, let's start. We will introduce you by you telling people outside of being rebellious, what are three words that describe you and tell us a little bit, a little bit of a backstory behind each one. Okay. Um, tenacious. I, well, I mentioned that business name before, and kind of pivoting in my business altogether. And I have wanted to have a successful entrepreneurial venture for a long time. And as you know, Maria, and as any entrepreneur entrepreneur knows who may be watching, um, you go through a lot of failures before you hit the thing that is a success. And I promised myself a couple of years ago that I was going to do what I need to do. Whatever that meant, I was going to do whatever I had to do to make a successful venture work. Um, And now I'm in something that is starting to gain traction and take off. So tenacious is one. Um, Gosh, yeah. (laughs) How else would I describe myself? Curious. I'm very curious about the world. Um, I love to travel. I have been listening to a podcast lately that's all about like the nature of reality and what we see is not necessarily what reality is out there. And it's all based in physics and mathematics. And I don't claim to be a scientist, but I love learning about these things. Um, And I think the other one is, you asked for three, right? So (laughs) tenacious, curious, and I have a weak spot for animals. So animal, like centric, compassionate, whatever animal lover lover. yeah yep and I do have to say is what I love about you you obviously have a very sparkly personality (laughs) and you're rebellious so we definitely click but I watched your entire when we met you are not too far out from corporate you were also we have a very similar similar history you were also in the corporate world you got into entrepreneurship and then you kind of 
went through the trial and tribulations, like you said, that we all go through to finding your niche. Mm -hmm. And I've watched that journey. And I know as we keep talking and I'm watching each step of the journey, uh, one of our last walks, when I was like, gosh, I'm like, why are you still doing the old stuff? Like you have found your thing. Yeah. Yes, I believe I have found my thing now, Um, but I still need to pay the bills. Um, I still want to stay connected to my corporate skill set somewhat because uh, because that'll serve me going forward in my business. So I do what Maria is referring to is um, I do business analyst work as well. I've been a BA for years. I used to work in uh, corporate at Coca-Cola. I've left that job. I've got another BA position now that I love. Actually, the company is wonderful. Um, I, I have no complaints about that at all. And, you know, yes, I want to see my venture grow. And if I can get it to the point where it replaces my corporate income, then that's the goal, right? Like that is the goal of any entrepreneur is to grow it so that it's, it's a success and that's your source of living. Um, I'm not there yet, but I also enjoy what I'm doing. And if it allows me to do things that I'm good at, learn and grow my business at the same time, I, I can't ask for anything more, right? And I don't have to worry about keeping a roof over my head. <laughs> like that was a struggle. I mean, I, I was never really in danger of not being able to pay rent. But when I started going on this entrepreneurial journey, I did blow through my savings and a lot faster than I thought I would, right? I'm sure we've all been there. And it got scary for me for a while. So I had to be real with myself. Like, what am I willing to do? Again, what am I willing to do to make my dream come true? And I made my choice and I'm happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of choices, you're very intentional about what you're doing to make your dream come true. Mm -hmm. And you are also very passionate about what you do. And it's very interesting because when you were doing the vegetarian stuff, you were still passionate about it. Yes. Now, when we talk about the new stuff, which I'll let you tell people what you do now, Mm -hmm. I really see that sparkle in you that I noted like just come about and you get so excited and passionate so let's talk about finding your sparkle and the importance of passion into an entrepreneurship oh yes um definitely so what i do now is i do foundational service is on-camera coaching for entrepreneurs for business owners for marketing people if you are going to appear on camera yourself and not hire talent i coach people how to be great on camera This has also spilled over recently. I've got a client that I just signed um, and we've been through two sessions so far who doesn't do a lot of on-camera work, but she does a lot of speaking engagements and a lot of those skills transfer. So now I'm actually expanding into training people to give good speaking engagements. Um, The... What, what was the other part of the question? I started to go off and- <laughs> The importance like, of passion. Yes, oh. yes, yes. I Okay, so passion. I base all of my coaching on years, in fact, over a decade's worth of acting instruction because I'm an actor. I've been in things you probably never heard of. Um, I have an agent and I've done a lot of theater, improv, all that stuff. I love acting and I particularly love the technique that I learned because it took the old Pamela that was closed off emotionally and broke open a dam in me and allowed me to kind of feel all the the human spectrum spectrum of emotion, right? So I believe in this t- technique so much, and I know in my heart that it helps non-actors. 
So I started applying it to business people, just kind of on a freelance basis at first. I, I did it on a gig basis for years. I would, um, I would get these gigs through video producers and help their clients be better on camera using these acting techniques. Finally, it just started taking off to the point where I'm like, I better incorporate and get some insurance and all this stuff and like make a business out of it. Um, yeah. It's important to have passion because, you know, when I'm with a client, Maria, I am up on my feet. I, I feel this energy welling up inside of me because I know I'm giving them something that they haven't heard before. I know I'm helping them connect to other humans in a fundamental way that they have not been taught before. And I believe in my bones that the world needs this right now. It, it doesn't necessarily need on-camera coaching per se. It needs human connection, which leads to great performance on camera. Yeah. And I'm so, it's so ironic how when I'm, we're recording these episodes, it somehow relates to something that has happened today or this week. And just this morning, I did an energy session for a client and we were talking with, I said, how much do you sit in your emotions? Mm. And she said, yeah, I kind of don't. She's like, I kind of shove them to the side and move quickly past them. Yep. Let's talk about that because that is so powerful. And that is such a big aspect of us humans and with technology and the speed of life, that's kind of going away, sadly. It sadly is. Um, I mentioned earlier the old me before acting and the new me, if you want to call it that. <laughs> I This is how bad it was for me, Maria. I could not get angry. Even, even if somebody did something to me that warranted my anger, uh, I'm not suggesting that we all walk around angry all the time. That's not it. But a fully functional human being should be able to feel the full range of human emotions. I, I didn't, I either didn't or couldn't, whatever it was. Um, I built up this wall around me so high. I was not approachable. Um, I, I shut down if people disappointed me or if I got angry, it was bad. It was really bad. <laughs> um, it's not a healthy way to live. Right. So I definitely, like I was saying earlier, I, I just can't even tell you the difference. Um, there were a few times in acting class where I was forced to make a decision. Either I do the work and confront my own emotions and share those with other people in class, or I had to quit class because I had the kind of instructor that was like, if you don't do this work, you know, you, you can go do another technique somewhere else. That's fine. But in this class, we do this technique and you will do it. Otherwise you're out. <laughs> so, so I'm like, I'm not going to get kicked out of class. I'm going to do this. Darn it. And, and I did. And it really just, like I said, broke up with a dam. And it's, it's sad for me to see, not that I'm like the most open, you know, like la 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 la. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not everything with everybody. Correct. That's right. That's right. There's a lot of stuff that I feel is, you know, not necessarily appropriate to share <laughs> with the world. Um, and that's just common sense, but I'm just so much more open than I was. And it's very sad to me that a lot of people aren't. Um, so whatever your experience was this morning, I just kind of encourage you to work with that person. I know you do. And I know you do. Yeah. How has your life changed as a result of you being more open to whatever emotions you're experiencing and to the way you connect to people? Um, oh, you just froze for a split second, but you're back. Um, how has my life changed? I believe that it has made me more successful in my work. So I'll give you an example. 
when I was at, um, I, I won't say where, <laughs> when I wasn't, because it might, might give too many details. <laughs> um, when I was at a previous corporate job, <laughs> I was tasked to work with someone who was extremely, is, he's not dead, is extremely intelligent, um, kind of had a reputation, deserved or not. I, I don't think it was deserved, but whatever, it was what it was. He had a reputation for being a little difficult to work with, approach, et cetera, et cetera. So this guy had been kind of talked up to me for a while before I actually met him. And I knew that I was going to be working with him closely day to day. So what I did was when I first met him, I actually did that acting technique in my head. I didn't speak anything out loud. It was all running in the background in my head, but at a conscious level. So I was working off of what I was getting from him emotionally, and I was responding to that in the things that I said to him and just kind of reading really what any good observer of human nature can do, reading him and responding authentically to what I was getting. And I won't say that's the only thing that made our relationship successful, but it certainly put us off on a good foot. And I had an amazingly great, productive working relationship with this guy. I am convinced that if I had just taken the word of everybody else and kind of assumed that he was all of these things, rather than meeting him in real time, where he's at, just getting from him what I'm getting, like the, the vibes, the emotions, right? I'm convinced that if I had not done that, it would have been a whole different story. So it's made me more successful at work. It's made me more open to telling my friends and family how I'm feeling and what's going on. Um, it makes me feel like a, a whole human being rather than a human being where part of me is put away over there, never to be seen again. Yeah. And you also mentioned something very important, boundaries, the power of boundaries, right? Yes. You, you, will, you will be authentic and you'll share, but there yeah. will be pieces to what you share. And you also say no to colleagues, friends, and so yeah. forth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've found myself having to say no recently just because I was overwhelmed or overworked. And um, of course, I would never say no to you, Maria. So <laughs> you're always a, <laughs> you're, you? you're always a yes. <laughs> Vice versa. Vice versa, Pamela. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, social media has made it very easy to overshare. And I'm just, that's just not who I am. Like people don't need to know all of my crap. Like the... <laughs> They just don't need to. If I share it, there's a reason I will share. But I feel like it's unnecessarily burdening other people to be very gratuitous about everything. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a little bit narcissistic, in my opinion. Okay. How has the work that you do helped your clients? Do you have examples of the work yes. that you Oh, yes, yes, yes. The client that I, um, thanks for asking that. That's, I'm yeah. very happy with actually an email that I got this morning before you and I met from a client that I've signed recently. I've mentioned her earlier. She does a lot of in-person speaking engagements. So I've been helping her craft a speech that she gave this past week. And one of the lessons that I taught her, freebie for your audience. So one of the lessons that we worked on was, <laughs> yeah, um, is to Start. So she had a speech where she introduced herself up front, right? And I said, that's good. Let's do something even more powerful. Let's start your speech, even before you say your own name, with a strong point of view about what you're teaching. Mm -hmm. um, whatever it is, 
you know, what's your personal connection to your material? What's your personal connection to your topic? And formulate a really strong opinion about that out of the gate. That's your stake in the ground when you start your speaking engagement. And we worked that, like we went over it and over it in our most recent session. She emailed me this morning and she said, I did what you said during my talk. It went really well. I thought that was a great way to start my speech. Thank you so much. So like that is a, an example of a great tactic that's working right now. Very interesting. Um, I would tell you, I had this conversation maybe a couple of weeks ago during the recording. And um, one of the person who was on here was actually a producer. And she, after the recording, she said, I love the way you asked me to introduce myself. And it wasn't just like, tell me your name and who yes. your company is, but she's yeah. like, She's like, may I steal that? I said, absolutely. That's a huge compliment, you know, because yeah. how many times do you hear I am so-and-so, I am the founder and CEO or whatever your title is, right? It's kind of like, oh, I roll type of moment. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, we want to know these things uh, eventually, right? We want to know these things, but isn't it so much more interesting to be like, Pamela, what are the three things you think about yourself? Like, and I clearly was like, oh, I, don't <laughs> I have to think about that. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, it's a stronger way to start out. And then people are interested from there on in. Yes. And I think it also establishes that connection of does that person resonate with me with what they're saying about themselves? You learn a little bit more than just the standard title, because I think to the point you made earlier, I think titles are a little bit overused as well. I want to know the person. I mean, it's great to know what company you own and all of that, but I really want to know the person behind that title. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Pamela, let's, um, let's see. Do you have a favorite quote or inspiration piece that you want to share with our listeners? Quote. Um, boy. Or anything inspirational. Or, or anything inspirational. Um, gosh, I was just darn it quoting something to my mother this morning oh and I don't remember what it was can we come back to that yeah I, I need to think about it for a second gosh yeah. what is it that I was telling my mom this morning or okay I'll, I'll I'll think about it but let's come back to it all right and my other question is what's your definition of rebellious oh um my definition of rebellious is simply to choose make a choice not to necessarily do what everyone else is doing just because they're doing it. And um, I'm going to be a little rebellious right now and say, just because the authorities tell you to do it, the authorities tell you to do it, um, that take that however you want. <laughs> it doesn't refer to one specific thing, actually. But I do feel like, you know, the past few years have seen a lot of things given to us as truths that were maybe later shown not to be. Um, always think for yourself, do your own research. Don't do just because everyone else or my mom or my family or any of that, because that always leads to trouble. And, you know, I understand people have different situations. Which is and okay. I yeah, that's, that's okay. Yeah. I love the word that you pick there, choice. Mm -hmm. That's the powerful, right? It is a, it is a choice. Choice, an yeah. intentional choice versus right. going whatever everybody else says. That's, that's right. Powerful. Yeah action and one thing well so here going back to your previous question maybe this qualifies I don't know but you know when I was a lot younger in my when I was going through my preteen angst you know we all we all do it and girls go through a specific type of angst that probably boys may or may not when they're growing up and there was a time in my life where like I just had the hard hardest time making simple decisions clothing 
what I want to eat. I don't know. I was just paralyzed with decision-making. And I will never forget that my mother told me not making a decision is still making a decision. You're abdicating and, you know, whatever is going to happen because you didn't make the decision, that's what you're choosing. And I never forgot that. And it really like kind of snapped me out of whatever funk I was in. Um, so maybe that, does that qualify for your last question? Absolutely qualifies. <laughs> okay, cool. Thanks mom. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite quotes, which I now appreciate from my parents was every action has a consequence. So yes. whatever the, whatever choice you have made with your action, there will be a consequence and you will have to deal with the consequence. So yes. take whatever action. My parents were actually very wise and yes. very open-minded. And I do have to say being a mom now, I'm like, oh, wow, that took some guts from them to trust me that I would make the right choice. Yeah. But I do think there is a difference between saying, don't do this versus go ahead and do it and yeah. see what's going to happen after that. It empowers yeah. you. Yeah. To- you know, I, so here's a related example. It's not the same as having kids, but you know, I have a dog. I adopted Mm -hmm. a dog last year and I have always been kind of laissez-faire when it comes to my dogs and interacting with other dogs. I believe firmly within boundaries, right? That I need to let the animals do what the animals are going to do and sort out their hierarchy because that's, they'll know what to do, right? The only time I will interfere is if I believe one of the dogs involved is going to get hurt or one is bullying the other, right? I'll interfere at a certain point, but I go to the dog park all the time and I see these pet parents that just like get freaked out about the smallest things. And I really feel like that's not good for the dog or a a child for that matter. Um, You do need to let them sort it out. Even if it sounds like it's going to turn into like the death match, (laughs) it usually doesn't turn into a death match. So that's the first thing but they're going to be healthier for knowing how to sort out their own stuff. And you um, know, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm done. I, go ahead. Uh, I relate that to independence as yeah. we're raising our daughter. I am more, you know, when we have the conversations with my husband, I'm like, let her do it. He's like, yeah. but, and I'm like, well, she better learn it now than when she's yeah. 30 or 40. That's and right. It'll be a lesson that she takes for life and it will teach her independence. So yes, yes. Like encourage her to, to take action, to make decisions and yes. to realize how those decisions will impact her life. That's right. Yeah. If you don't get used to making decisions, especially tough decisions now, then you're going to look forward to a lifetime full of disappointment, bitterness, um, envy, you know, who, I don't want to live that way. making the decisions for you. Right. Right. And, and yes, that's true. And if I make the wrong decision, which I think there's a lot of fear about that behind the indecisiveness, what if I make the wrong decision, whatever it is, um, I would rather make the wrong decision and know that I tried and learn from that than abdicate my decision-making responsibility and always wonder what if and become bitter or envious of people who were able to make a decision and move on with their lives. So like, I don't, I don't like the prospect of me not making decisions and taking the responsibility for myself you know I say that there are no wrong decisions because whatever decision you took at that time seemed the right one yeah if it appears to not have worked out the way you expected it to then you learn the lesson so it it was taken for a reason and now I just ask myself where is the lesson in that what did I learn from and pivot yeah exactly 
simple or complicated as you wish to make it. That's right. That's right. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Well, Pamela, I can keep talking to you forever <laughs> and we'll continue that during our next coffee walk. Yay. But for now, I thank you so much for being here and being with us and inspiring us. And uh, tell people where can they follow you? Oh, yes. So LinkedIn, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Uh, it's like LinkedIn slash in slash P Deritis, P-D-E-R-I-T-I-S. That's my handle on LinkedIn, but Pamela Deritis on LinkedIn. Um, connect and captivate com and um i'm not on twitter i was thinking about getting on twitter for my business i don't know i'll see how it goes uh, those are the two big places and then if you wanted to email me you can email me at hello at connectandcaptivate.com awesome i appreciate you pamela i wish you continued success thank and you. to everybody listening i thank you for tuning in and make it a rebellious day thanks yes. for listening can get enough of those rebellious conversations? Do make sure you subscribe, like, and share with your friends.